Welcome to the End Time Manifesto, a podcast dedicated to navigating life's challenges through the Word of God. Come join Eve and Kaylee as they laugh, share stories, and empower you to live your best life. Welcome back to the End Time Manifesto. This is Eva Jesse and Kaylee Holt. And today we have a word in due season. Um, we are going to talk about tracking God in chaos. Um, and we can testify to that this week. We've had a little bit of a chaotic week, um, which is not necessarily unusual for us. It's always very busy because we've got 50 million things going on. Um, but this week has been especially busy and especially a little messy and chaotic. Um, we brought our first grandbaby into the world this week. And um, that was very messy and challenging. We knew from the onset that um, the Holy Spirit had told us to really war over Ashley and our grandbaby and that we were going to have to stay on the wall. And true to context, um, on Tuesday, Ashley was induced um, via an emergency induction because the baby had gotten too big. And she labored all Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, all Wednesday, and eventually the baby had to be emergency induced. So that was a little bit chaotic and um, very unexpected. But in life, life is just chaotic. Life is messy. There, There's no set playbook. There's no, sometimes you just, you can't track where God is. It's just hard to see God in the middle of your situation when you're sitting in a mess. Yeah. And it's just been one of those weeks, too, where the enemies try to make everything go wrong. Yeah. But when you have heavenly mindset and you have heavenly vision, it makes it a little bit easier to see where God's moving. And on a previous podcast, we talked about how... It's important to see God and focus on him because the enemy works by trying to have you distracted. Yeah. He wants to make the bigger scene. He wants to make the bigger mess. He wants to be the loudest person in the room. Yeah. So that you'll look at him because God's got the solution already. Mm -hmm. But if you're not looking at God and you're not looking for the solution, you're just focused on the problem. You're always going to see the problem. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus beat the enemy with three sticks every day. Every day of the week, he's beat the enemy with three sticks in the form of a cross. And when Jesus took, when Jesus died on the cross and he took captivity captive, he went down to hell and he basically took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He ascended into the heavenlies. He slapped his blood on the mercy seat of Christ and he sat down and he said, you know, it's finished. It's finished. He's done a completed work. Christ has done a completed work. Everything that you, that we need pertaining to life and godliness has already been purchased. We don't have to strive for healing. We were healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says we were healed. He was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes we're healed. It's, it's an, the cross accomplished our victory. Our victory is certain. We just have to walk it out. And that's where battles are, are lost or won is, is in our walk and how we respond to the finished work of the cross. So 
when you have weeks like this, like we've we've had a chaotic week, it's easy to get caught up in the chaos because our emotions get moved by it. You know, in the in the situation with Ashley, um, there there ever everybody was emotional. There was a lot of people around us that were crying, that were scared, that were really emotional, and it's easy to get sucked into that. It's easy, you know, the our emotions can be some of our, it can be our number one enemy mm -hmm. and it's easy to get sucked into that. So what do you do? What, what do we do if we are, we've got creditors calling us, we're three behind, we're, we're three payments behind on the mortgage. We've got bill, you know, them threatening to take our house and threatening to take our car. We've lost our job. And where do you track God? It's easy to look at that situation and to sit in these storms of life and just feel hopeless and just feel lost and want to just cave and give up. So how do we track God? And that's the key. If we can just track God in our storms, we will stay focused. It's like Peter whenever they he was in the water and he said and and he saw Jesus walking on the water. And he said, Father, bid me come. If it's really you, bid me to come. And he said, get out, get out, come on, get up, get out of the boat, walk to me. And he walked on water. But it also tells us in the middle of that story that he the storms were blowing. All hell was breaking loose around Peter. Yet he was still walking on water. And he did, the, the, the Bible clearly narrates that he took his eyes off Jesus. He became aware of the storm and he began to sink. Mm -hmm. So as long as we can see Jesus and we can see his hand at work in our storm, we we're, going, we're walking on water. Yeah. But when we get distracted and we begin to see everything around us, that's when we begin to that's when we begin to sing. So the first thing is we got to choose our vision. Talk about that. You just have to be mindful to look for God in all the hard moments. It's really easy to be like I said problem focused. But the word of God promises us victory. The word of God promises healing and salvation and restoration and if you're constantly focusing on everything that's going wrong and well, I'm, I can see this and I'm looking at this and that's not to say that you don't acknowledge what's right, going on. Right. You're not aware of it. You're not ignorantly blissful, you know, but mm -hmm. you have to see the problem and say, doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. The problem may come, but my God promises victory, provision, healing, restoration, whatever it is, redemption, grace, mercy, forgiveness. You have to choose. I see this problem, but I'm picking the solution. Yeah. And you have to kind of train your mind in a way that it might be hard at first when you decide to choose solution over problem. Because as humans, we're just naturally geared towards there's a problem. I have to solve it. And we try to do it in and of ourselves. You know, if if the bills are behind, what are you going to do? In the natural, you know, maybe I pick up an extra shift. Maybe I work a little longer or whatever. Sell something. Yeah. S see what I can uh, 
sell or whatever. You know, you look at what can I do in the natural. But you have to get the revelation that God's a provider. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to hustle the rest of your life. Yeah, and it's like it's like there's a difference. Um, I remember Pastor Eric used to talk about um, there's a difference between information and revelation. And it's the difference between mental ascension and owning it. Mm-hmm. When information is, you know that God's a healer. But revelation is you know he's a healer because you've experienced healing. Mm-hmm. Nobody can move you from your your place of power because you know that you know that you know God is honestly a healer. You've experienced, you've tasted, and you've seen that God is good. So in the middle of the storm, the enemy always comes for your vision. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And just like the kingdom of heaven is completely contrary to the kingdom of darkness. We have an op we, th- there's always a parallel. The, the things in the earth and the things of the spirit are always parallel. We have to choose our vision. We can either choose to operate in fear and believe the narrative that the enemy is trying to tell us, or we can operate by faith and choose heaven's narrative for our life. We're going to make a quality decision. We're going to follow one or the other either way. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just ask God for heavenly vision. And one of the things that that I've taught y'all to do and that I've done my entire life is sometimes I will physically have to just sit down in the middle of my mess. When I know my emotions are running high and I know that I'm not as stable in my faith walk as I want to be in a situation, I literally will sit down. I will purposefully sit down and say, okay, Lord, my flesh is out of control. I know I'm operating in the natural. Where are you at in this situation? I need to track you. I need to see where you're at. And the Bible says that if we ask, we'll receive. That he'll give liberally to to us if we just ask. And in those moments of weakness, whenever I just get real with him and I'm like, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. But I got to see something. Like, I need to track you. He will always show me where he's at. The Holy Spirit will always reveal where he's at. And when I understand and I can see the Holy Spirit in the elements of my life, it gives me, I may not like my situation, but there's a greater level of peace that comes to me in that moment. And it builds my faith because I have clarity. Yeah. In my vision. And it, it doesn't always change your situation. Yeah. And I think that's a that's key true. thing to point out. Just because you can yeah. track God also doesn't mean it immediately changes your situation. And it doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean <laughs> you have to like it. No. Sometimes it's just the fact that you know there is the breakthrough. There's, there's, the, there's the fourth man in the fire. Yeah. You're yeah. not alone. Yeah. Because so many of us get stuck on, well, I'm going through this and... This is how bad it is, and nobody else has ever in the world been through this but me. And we get yeah. we put ourselves on that island. We were just talking about this that this morning. We put ourselves on an island, yeah. and we think we're odd man out. 
We're the only one here. Nobody understands. And no one could possibly. No one's been in my shoes. And it's really easy to let that be your narrative. Yeah. Especially when you're in the trench. And God knows because he said, the word tells us that he was tempted in every way. He was tested and tried in every way, but he opened not his mouth. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that we will ever go through that God is not present, that he doesn't understand our situation, that he is not will. Even, even if we have, you know, I believe that there are multiple storms that come in life and we are in an era where we are in the last of the last days and things are, you know, the enemy is turning up the heat just like God is stoking the fire within his people and things are hard. Like I, I don't want to diminish the battles that we're going through. I think that some of our greatest battles of mankind we're seeing in this very hour. And and it is indicative of the spiritual atmosphere of where we're going and what God has for us. But even in the midst of all that, in the midst of these heated battles, um, God has provided a way of escape. And, and one of the things that he is, one of the things that kind of, keeps us in the battle and there are multiple battles and 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 I I don't want to I don't want to continue on without first mentioning this sometimes in the in the season of battle you have to ask yourself three different questions and and this really gives me a lot of clarity too is this battle or is this battle of the enemy like did the enemy just bring this battle to my to my yard mm -hmm. to my backyard did I bring this battle to my backyard? Yeah, did I open a door? Yeah, did I open a door that allowed the enemy to come in and attack me? Or is this a God-ordained storm to kind of blow some things out and shift some things around because there's some things in my life that he's trying to get to me? Yeah. And I think that's the first step is knowing what who the author of the battle is. I think sometimes we blame the enemy for a whole lot of storms that we've just really opened the door to. Like we, we have a conscious, we have, we have a, we make a conscious effort and Absolutely. we make a conscious decision in our actions. And some of our actions just open the door. We, we, we put ourselves out in the hallway and then we blame the devil when we get mowed over when that was our fault. And so, but there's grace for that. There's, there's no condemnation in that whatsoever. Like I can tell you, probably the bulk of my storms have been self-inflicted. And most people's are. <laughs> yeah, they it, really it's are. Because at the end of the day, We're when carnal. you wake up in the morning, you have a decision. Am I going to co-labor with the Lord or am yeah. I going to co-labor with the enemy? And by default, that's a choice you have yeah, to make. Yeah, and we have a fallen Everyone date. Everyone has to make that choice. Yeah. So you either purposefully pursue the Lord or the default of not doing that is you're going to co-labor with the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You. It's not a... I'm just going to abstain from making that choice. By default, there's one or the other. Yeah. It's like he said, you're either hot or cold. Yeah. You got to be hot or cold. And like Pastor was ministering last night, um, we, we are living in a time and a season where the only choice we have to not be mowed over by the enemy is to be fired up, mm -hmm. to be passionate, to be fervent in our pursuit for him. God is wanting passionate pursuers not casual inquirers mm -hmm. you know nobody nobody pursue your daddy um your daddy was a passionate pursuer of me 
And I don't, that sounds a little odd to say that. I'm sure you're like, I just vomited in my mouth a little bit, but <laughs> your daddy was a passionate pursuer of me, just like Taylor was a passionate pursuer of you. Taylor rolled out the red carpet. He brought your mama flowers when he brought you flowers. He took you to the best restaurants. He made, he made time for you. He invested into your family. He didn't just show up and be and was like, girl, you want to go out? Not, you don't want to, no big deal. Yeah. And whenever you, you went out on a date with him, he didn't just mishandle you or treat you like something that was trivial. He longed to be with you. He wanted every date to be the best experience. He just didn't want you to taste and see that life with him could be good. He wanted you to have a five-star dining experience with him to where you were like so impressed that you just immediately bought the ticket, bought the t-shirt and were like, yes, this is my Isaac. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're, we are in a time and season to where we've got to start pressing. We've got to start pressing. We cannot afford to get outside of the will of God. Too many, we, too many people, the Bible says the enemy is roaming to and fro, looking for somebody to devour. We can be devoured when we are outside the umbrella, the covering of the Most High God. And so it is imperative. We just don't have time to play anymore. It is imperative that we stay under that umbrella. There's grace. There's grace. Like, I don't want to bring fear, but we need to be better. We need to be bigger. And one of the things, which is kind of my second um, tangent on how do we track God in chaos, once we get a clear vision, then we understand we can see God in the midst of that. So at that point in time, we get to co-labor with him like you were just saying. At, in, in that moment, when, we, when we've asked God, to, where are you at in this? And God reveals himself. At that moment, we get to start prophesying our way out. We get to line up our words with his words because now we've been given clarity into our situation. We've repented. If there's anything in our situation that has brought this upon ourselves, and make it right or if it's the enemy you know you get your you get prayed up you rebuke the enemy ask god to plan a hedge of protection and then you start prophesying your way out your words matter what you say in the middle of your storm will either elevate you or you'll start taking on water mm-hmm and so our words matter. The Bible says there's power, the, the power of life and death in the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm-hmm. And we are called to call those things that are not as though they are. We, we are anointed to speak peace into chaos. Yeah. By default of us being in the situation, peace must come. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the parallels we've seen that in, in our life recently is when Ashley was having her emergency C-section. You know, that was a very scary situation for a lot of people. And so many of the people who were there in our family um, just didn't have the prophetic foresight that we did. Right. We we had already been on the wall. We had already been praying. We had already been interceding for her and Colt. And so whenever they mentioned emergency C-section, we were like, okay, this is, we had total peace about it. We knew it was going to be something that was going to 
be done without a hitch. They were going to yeah. be fine. They were going to come out on the other side. And it was he was going to be here and just it was going to be done with. Yeah, we gave the we, enemy no option. And we sat in the waiting room and some of her family was there. Some of our family was there. And we kind of remarked the group of us that pray together every morning that isn't it funny how when you're in situations like this there's a very clear difference yes. in how people approach situations yes when you're not heavenly minded in what you're doing even in your day-to-day you you know sit and there's the side chatter and yeah kind of the it's a matter talk of strategy having divine strategy in those moments and in that moment we knew yeah we had divine strategy we did we had divine strategy and so while everybody else was you know small talking or laughing yeah, we were pressing in yeah we were praying in tongues Hold we the were wall. speaking life and and health and recovery over her and colt and there was just a very clear difference and so i just think it's really important that Yes, we track God because the Bible tells us wherever you go, you cannot run God's spirit. Whether you are ascended into heaven or you make your bed in the pit of hell, he is there. You yep. can't run from God. So you have to be aware of where God's moving in your life. But then you have to make sure you're co-laboring with him. Yep. You have to speak those things. You have to be mindful of how you are co-laboring with the Lord. Yeah, And you have to have the insight to do that and god always gives a battle plan mm -hmm. god always gives a battle plan if we will just sit down and, and i know i am probably the world's worst because being somebody that operates in the prophetic usually i'm a little i run a little bit further mentally than most people do so I have a propensity to be operating like three weeks ahead of time, sometimes a month or two ahead of time, and get, can get frustrated that everybody's not on where, board. yeah, everybody's not on board with where I'm at. Um, but I also realize that that's just part of my gifting. And, and um, so in the midst of these situations, if you don't have any kind of foresight, if you can't track God, ask God to show you what he's doing. He'll give you a battle plan and he'll show you what you need to do in those moments. Um, read the scripture that we talked about in Colossians this morning, um, because this is part of the victory. Um, it's Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2. And it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And that is so powerful. And that's one of the greatest keys to victory. We got to get heavenly minded about these things. If we don't get heavenly minded, the enemy will give you a narrative. He will take you down a bunny trail. He will tell you a narrative and he will have you running and chasing right after that. He will move on your emotions. He will move on your mind and he will take you completely out of the will of God by, by convincing you of his narrative. And the only way to defeat the narrative of the enemy is to invest in the word of God. 
and get your get your mind set. He didn't say think about it, meditate on it. He said set your mind, like set it down. When you sit down in a chair, you have faith that that chair is going to hold you up. Mm-hmm. And when you sit down, you sit down. You take every bit of burden and weight and you release it into the chair and you sit down. It's the same word in the Greek that's, that is denoted whenever they talked about Jesus sat down at the right hand of Christ. That means you make a firm commitment to fix your mind on things above. Mm-hmm. And if you are fixing your mind on things above, you are keeping your eyes on Jesus and you are not taking on water. You are not focused on the waves and everything else. And the second scripture that I want to talk about is in John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you will have peace in the world. You're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've come, I've overcome the world. And what he's saying in that is I've made a way of escape for you. Mm-hmm. I have made a way of escape in every situation that you're in. You just got to be heavenly minded with some foresight on what to do in your situation. And you got to keep your eyes focused on the cross. Yeah. And knowing that there is more in heaven fighting for you than there is against you. One of the greatest revelations that I had was um, I was going back and it it was a long time ago, but I remember going back and reading um, about the fall of Lucifer. And it said that Lucifer was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like they must've done something pretty messed up for a third of heaven to be lost with the enemy like how could they even be deceived and the holy spirit told me you're missing the point he said here's here's what i want you to gather out of this story for every one demon you got two angels fighting on your side Mm -hmm. one third of heaven might have been cast out but two-thirds still present So there's more fighting for us than there will ever be fighting against us. That's why he said, be in this world. You're going to have tribulations. It's a given. It's a given. We're, We're in a fallen creation. It's a given. But take heart because he's overcome the world. He's made streams of living water in every desert in our lives. He's made the crooked places straight. He goes before us. He's our rear guard. He's got this. And although things are challenging, he's got this. And so I want to close with that this week. And I want to encourage you in your situations to keep the main thing, the main thing, and get your mind focused on things above. Y'all have a blessed week. In Jesus' name. We have reached the end of today's show. Thank you for allowing us to share part of your day. If our conversation has inspired you or stirred your faith, why don't you drop us a line and let us know how we can pray for you. You can find us on all social media platforms at The End Time Manifesto. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on content and don't forget to leave us a review. 
Godspeed until we meet again next week.